When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. New is always better. New is always better? You know who's a million times hotter than the hottest girl I've ever slept with? Her okay-looking friend I haven't seen naked. Why? Because new is always better. Mm -hmm. And this theory applies to everything? Everything. So those new Star Wars movies, those are better than the old ones? Yeah. The first three barely mention the intricacies of intergalactic trade law. And when you're at a Guns N' Roses concert, you're like, yeah, yeah, Paradise City, whatever. When are they gonna rock me some Chinese democracy? Axel's really matured as a songwriter, Ted. Wendy, I'd like to buy my friend a drink. What's your oldest scotch? Glenn McKenna, aged 30 years in oak casks. Amazing. And what's your newest scotch? Jumbo Jim's grape scotch. Don't let it touch your skin. Your call, buddy. A glass of Jumbo Jim's grape scotch sounds lovely. Lots of ice. You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast featuring special guests, Christy and Eagle. 'm uh, Luce is unable to make it. he's in the process of buying a new house so uh mm-hmm. it was last minute I was like hey you know uh let me know uh so yeah I'm, no I, I'm sorry uh it, yeah it's just me tonight um you're, you're the oh. co- you're gonna be the co-host now you're gonna take over so. oh fantastic fantastic well the first thing I want to I was gonna let you guys know is that I'm gonna go ahead and give this show five zero chances that I'm going to beat off to it later driving down the road. <laughs> so I guess, I guess I don't have to uh, ask you if you've listened to the program. <laughs> Just saying, you know, probably five zero chances of that happening. All right. Well, that's uh, that's that's uh, I'll take that as a compliment. Uh, uh, well, Christy, you know, how do we pronounce your last name? Is it Enigal? Do I got that right? 
Well, that's the actual correct way to say it, but um, I switched it to Inigal because people seem to have an easier time with it. It's an Austrian name, and it's actually not my original last name, but my original last name is even more difficult, so I'm like, yeah. What's that? Whatever. So that's spelled L E C Z E L. Mm. Good luck. Yeah. Let's say it again. L E L E what? L E C Z E L. Is it Lezcal or Lexel? It's close. It's Lasell. Okay. So, yeah, that's a Hungarian. Ah, so, yeah. The Z is mm-hmm. silent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, make this a little more uh, clear for the listeners. I'm talking to Christine. <laughs> now I'm going to fuck it up. I, I Apparently, I knew that uh, <laughs> Christine, an eagle, uh, the host of the host of Hard Rock Sonic Signals, right? Yeah, it's Sonic Signals. Yeah, and I do play hard rock. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, you kind of came on my radar by, uh, I think you either retweeted or, or just commented on the Corbin Reef interview. And that was the first time um, we had any type of exchange on Twitter. And we, from that point, I started following you. And I, and I noticed that you, you shared well, a couple of things that are very near and dear to our show, which is uh, new bands, new music, and also a lot of kind of the industry stuff that doesn't i don't know that i think should be talked about a little bit more but uh so give it give us a little background like uh because you, you talk about you're, you're doing some production and, and demos yeah. for people mm-hmm. who are you why am i uh even uh, <laughs> uh, bringing you on the, this uh, masturbatory program yeah exactly you know well well first of all you guys have a great show and i loved the whole uh dive into the pacific northwest that's my heart and soul okay but so for me the quick thing is i started um kind of in a diy band music scene here in southern california i'm in san clemente sitting outside looking at the beach and the oceans totally beautiful day um but back in the day i'm in a basement in um, minnesota i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's not that great. It's a little bit of a wind. Okay, so hopefully <laughs> it's actually very nice outside tonight. I, I thought about—I don't know if you listen to any of my outdoor shows. I—I I thought about putting up my little mobile unit, but it, you know, it's, it's sunsetting a little early now. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. So, yeah. um, all right. Anyway, so I started managing my local neighborhood punk rock skate bands. You know, it was down south of Orange County, and those, that's where TSOL and suicidal tendencies and all that stuff was coming out of. And then I ended up working in radio. I, I kind of um, drifted into college radio at age 16, and then I ended up um, working in college radio. And I worked at a station in L.A. called K-Rock, oh, really? where I'm I was... <laughs> yeah, back when we were rocking the 80s, okay, so I'm, I'm a little bit old. Do you know, we, do you, any chance you know Remy Maxwell? No, I don't okay. think I know Remy uh, Maxwell. I, I, he... Don't worry about it. We'll move on. That's okay. So, well, I, I was Dr. Chrissy on Loveline with okay. the, uh, the Eagle and the Poor Man. We did the original show, and I heard that there's some tapes out there of me on that show. And I, and if you have one, please burn it because, oh, my <laughs> God, that was some crazy, crazy shit. So from there, I bounced around. I went to college. Um, I have a degree in film, and... I have always been doing something in either professional music as a radio broadcaster um, or um, as a band manager, event manager, doing live music uh, up in L.A. back in the day when it was like the Sunset, the Sunset Strip was happening and I was booking punk clubs like the Cat Theta Grand and the Music Machine and and then um, all the hair bands came out and it was Gazaris and 
uh, totally crazy clubs like the Seven Seas. And it was just a really, really awesome time for music because, you know, the punk rock scene and the hair band scene were kind of coexisting very peacefully back mm. in the day. And Sunset Strip was so much fun. We used to, to cruise it. And so I was doing all that. I had bands. Um, and then I eventually got into recording, um, recording on analog and doing albums for a couple bands I was managing. I moved down to San Diego and I was kind of down there when that whole San Diego scene popped off with Jewel and the Rugburns and um, some great bands the came Rugburns. out of there. The Rugburns. I haven't heard that name in a long time. I saw them. They were one of the first bands I saw when I moved to the big city here. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, they were great. Loved them. Yeah, they were awesome. Steve and, oh, yeah, they are really cool. Really, really cool. Great name, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Um, so I had a great time there. I was managing a bunch of bands and put out some albums. And I've had a couple, I've had four businesses um, and, in the music industry. And now, um, like I started with a little demo thing, we're just kind of, you know, producing some small. We have a really kind of nice, high-quality small studio and it's so easy now to have a high quality home studio i mean literally over the pandemic i know everybody on this block you know built a home studio and is recording shit you know my neighbor's probably dropping an album tomorrow you know what i'm saying (laughs) so we we're doing the same thing um but we found a little niche and my producer and my business partner is named dustin phillips and we're just kind of moving forward with that right now and i do the radio show um over on plutoradio.com and it's been a blast i have to get permission from every band that i play because it's commercial free so i interact with the bands a lot and i do a lot of promotion with them and i make them ig stories and so uh, what i like to think i'm doing and hopefully i am i don't know but is kind of building a community and i think i have a really good group a really great tribe over on twitter uh, very supportive, um, very opening, very welcome, you know, I mean, very open and welcoming. There we go. And um, I really have had the best time interacting and, you know, helping music, helping new rock reach new fans. You know, that's really, for me, it's all about the music. And I love rock and roll. And I want it to survive and I want young people to like it and embrace it as much as I did <laughs> and have it be that magical thing in their life, you know, hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but anyway, so that's, you know, that's kind of my backstory. And, and um, I the, the main thing about me is that in my life is that I really, you know, want to concentrate on bringing positivity, positivity and and leaving all the bullshit behind, you know especially when I'm talking about music. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you uncorked a lot there that I kind of like, uh, I, I, there's, I, got, I got a few things to touch on, but let's do the first thing though. Let's get your Twitter handle out of the way in case I forget to, to get, get that okay. in there. Uh, where can people yeah. find you on Twitter? Cause I agree. You, you it is all positive. It's a lot of new music and it's a lot of interesting stories now and then too, that you share. I think it's a, it's been one of the best follows that I've had. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Wow. Um, I, it's my name. It's K R I S T I E N I G L at twitter.com. And I'll make and sure had, that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and had I known that this was going to happen like 10 years ago, I would have picked a better handle or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on like my eighth, eighth or ninth Twitter account for that reason. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I, I mainly use the Cobras and Fire page. Uh, I'm, if anything is going on there, it's me doing it. Um, LC is all the website stuff. 
Uh, but uh, I I do have a personal account, but that's if you want to hear my political views, I've, I've decided to put it almost all there. I've taken it largely off of Facebook, although some things oh, yeah. pe- people want to make political that that I don't see as political. That's their problem. But yeah. when I have an actual political thing, that's kind of where I put it. So I keep it there. Uh, sometimes I forget to switch accounts and I have to delete a Cobras and Fire tweet that uh, probably doesn't represent the show as much as me personally. <laughs> I'll make sure that Twitter handles in the show notes for anybody that didn't get that. But uh, So you can just go down there and, and, and click on it too there. Um, now, you talked about the home studio stuff. I, just for conversational sake, I'll bring it up that I built mine in uh, the basement of my home here in like 2008. And that, at the time, it was so I could you know record music with my band. And now, you know, it's, you know, 13, 14 years later now, the band doesn't really do much anymore. And it has just slowly been gear shoved to certain spots. And now I have this one little room that I use the whole, this whole expansive thing just to record podcasts now. (laughs) And occasionally a song or two, but yeah, it's more for my self-indulgent. Well, I mean, but the fact that, I mean, see, it was in its infancy, I think, the home studio in 2008. And yeah. Maybe like the early 2000s. Uh, now, I'm shopping, I don't want to drop names, but really great um, music retailers on, you know, online. And mm-hmm. you can, and they've got great tech support. And so if you're an amateur or, uh, you know, uh, even a, a professional, you can call and they can give you great advice great deals you can get i'm like you know i can't believe the stuff that we're recording i'm like what wow i mean it is amazing it's it's amazing we can master and it sounds like it was mastered at a real freaking studio now if you're i'm not going to compare the stuff that i'm doing to something like what I think was one of the best mastered albums in the last five or six years, which is Rival Sons, Feral Roots. Hmm. If you want to hear an incredibly well-mastered and produced album, that's the one I go to. That is my bar. And the other one that I love right now, that I think the mastering and production is just incredible, is Greta Van Fleet's album, The Battle at Garden Gate, at Garden's Gate. Really? I, incredible production, yeah. Now, I know a lot of rockers don't like Greta and I don't want to get into a, a Greta debate, but <laughs> I I love them and I love the album and I'm really happy that they're so fucking young. I love it and that they have a young following. To me, you know, that means that rock in it's some version. I mean, they are playing basically classic rock, um, are reaching that demographic that will sustain it. Yeah, the weird thing is that like I I enjoyed the 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 first EP that came out, and there's been a couple things since then that I thought were okay, but they uh-huh. they've kind of taken a different direction. That just to be just mm-hmm. blunt, there's just really not my cup of tea. But right. at the same time, they're doing what you know I think they should do, which is you know look, you wore your influences on your sleeve right out of the gate, but now let's see what right. you can do with it, and that seems to be where they're going because yeah. I, I can't really say it's bad. But, you know, the people are going to I really don't get the hate either with them, to be honest with you. It's it's okay not to like something. You know what I mean? Right. They don't they don't have to be wrong for existing. No, we're not talking about Beyonce. (laughs) I'm I'm really one of my life. Well, one of my life goals is to get the beehive after me for some some bullshit that I say. (laughs) I came pretty close a couple weeks ago, but uh, it, it died down pretty fast. I was really disappointed. 
Uh, oh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, you know, I'll keep, I'll keep trying, though. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm persistent. <laughs> so, well, you, well, you, you, yeah. you talked about it, Greta like, Van... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, good. We talked about Greta Van Fleet. Okay, so Greta Van Fleet, you brought up something that you kind of touched on in your kind of introduction there, that, you know, being somebody that's, that's grown up with this, you want that passion that you felt when you were younger. To You want to see that in this, this next generation. But don't you feel that it's almost like inappropriate to take a role at our age to, to uh, like, I, I want the exact same thing. And I still, I love when I discover something that, that all of a sudden that my body just and, and brain starts reacting like it did when I was, you know, a teenager, you know, oh, yeah. it just vibing to the music that still happens. And the fact that it does is amazing to me. But, uh, you know, most of the people that I grew up with, you know, they dropped that you know, pretty quick into their 20s and stuff like that. But I, I would have never want to listen to anything my parents listened to. And I think that's kind of the, I think discovery is something, the like people like myself, I should say, I, I, I don't want to speak for anybody else, we, we've taken away from our children by taking them to Kiss concerts, taking them to ACDC because we fucking love them. You should love them too. Isn't Star yeah. Wars the best movie ever? My dad didn't like Star Wars. I agree. I mean, you know, well, actually, my parents and my whole family, I come from a really musical family. So I play guitar and my mom plays piano. My uncle plays piano. My granddad played stand up bass and a jazz band until he was in his 80s. And my grandma played piano. So I'm like, I've been around music all my life the Beatles broke the summer I was born and my mom to this day huge Beatles fan you know mm. and uh, so I'm from a I'm a, from a real musical family so I I will always have that enthusiasm for music I mean I don't just love hard rock I, I mean I'm passionate about hard rock and rock but I love everything I like jazz I like uh, world beat I like reggae I like classical I like opera you know to me music is you know what motivates me and makes and makes my brain and my heart and soul all work together at the same time so that i'm a human being that can go out and talk to people you know it keeps me sane so i know kids don't have that approach to music anymore you know with the advent of so many devices and so many things that they can entertain themselves with you know gaming is one of them that really crowds a lot of time for exploring and discovering music right? right i used to go to tower records on sunset man that was my fucking ritual you know and all my friends and we meet there and we buy records and then we go across the street to old world and have some waffles you know what i mean <laughs> so we had a thing you know and kids today you know they just hit you know a streaming service and call it a day put together a playlist and there's, I mean, yeah, there's discovery there, I guess. I mean, you know, depending on what the algorithm is is, is pushing towards you. Yeah. But it's not the same as like going through a record bin at a secondhand record store like at Poobah's in Pasadena and going, picking up a really trippy album cover like Dark Side of the Moon or something and going, what? What is this shit? You know, I've never seen this. Or, or buying an album like from Deep Purple just because you like the album cover and then taking it home and having it blow your mind, right? Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't, a, a lot of them are missing that experience. That's something I'd like to see return. And to that point, record sales are at an all time high. You know, um, manufacturing plants are backed up like, you know, six to 12 months getting vinyl out. Well, there's, there's still not, they're not manufactured at the level they were like in the 70s, early 80s, but, you oh, know, no. uh, but it is up and that's encouraging. But it, it does seem that, um, the convenience has kind of taken away the need to discover and, and things of that nature. And, and, and to me that, that 
I guess that's probably killed some of the passion. And, and we've talked about it, and I've heard plenty of other people on other shows say it. So it's not the most original point, but there is something to like when you spent like $11 of money that you didn't really have a lot of to buy a record and to take it home and to just listen to one song. You know, you, you almost felt you were almost like unbeknownst to yourself. Your mind was like, you're going to listen to this whole thing. And then you would absorb it and take the whole and give everything a chance. You know what I mean? That's kind of good. Oh, on. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, oh, I bought so many albums for one song and then end up loving the album and going, you know, oh, my God, this is incredible. I think The Pretenders was one of them. I bought it for Brass and Pocket or whatever the big hit was off the first album. I just loved it. I was like, oh, I love this song. But am I and I didn't know if the rest of the album was going to be great or not. But <laughs> it was, it's fantastic. And to this day, The Pretenders are still one of my top favorite bands, you know, I mean, so I discovered them. Right. Sure. And also I was listening to it on the radio station. And that's the other thing. We don't have the collective experience anymore of all doing the same thing at the same time, right? You lived in L.A., yeah. you listen to KMET, and you listen to the DJs in the morning, and you hear them break a new song, and then you go to school. Did you hear, uh, you know, or you listen to um, Ronnie Bingenheimer on, late on Sunday night on K-Rock to hear new music? Or, I mean, you know, and and thousands and thousands of people will be doing the same thing at the same time so it was easier for bands to penetrate uh, groups <laughs> well you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> to break <laughs> to break through oh, yeah. and, still works <laughs> <laughs> i'm such a juvenile <laughs> you're on the right show uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i thought so we keep it classy here <laughs> much passion as you have then i mean that's one of the things i wanted to talk to you about i think the direction things are heading you know it's a combination of so many things that started you know a bunch of dominoes ago but basically we're at this point now where you know to make really good rock and roll music isn't as easy as it is to i don't know be like the next little nas x or something like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, and the stuff mm-hmm. that gets, it just it requires more it, it, you need that 10,000 hours that they talk about kind of deal. And oh, yeah. You, you, you need more time to be allowed to be bad in public. And, and it's just not as forgiving in the world right now. Then you, you toss that in with the idea of the... We, we, we seem to be embracing the idea that a short attention span is just going to continue to get shorter. And it, it's just kind of an uphill battle. You toss in streaming and in, in, in how that yeah. pays out and... And this is this is where I, yeah, I have a problem. Every time I try to come with a, a kind of a, a, a driven vision on this, I go down so many side rabbit holes. Like I just 
maybe I should just start there. What do you think of streaming? I know you work for a streaming radio uh, station. Obviously, the artists aren't getting their fair share right now. Um, well, on our station, it's a commercial-free station. Uh, it's been around since 2008, and it is a station by musicians, for musicians. And um, they are they're a nonprofit. So instead of paying royalties... So it's very um, much like college radio, basically. It's like a college radio. So I have to actually, like I was saying, I have to contact the bands and say, I need you to send me an MP3, and that's your permission for me to play your song. Right, so I don't have any copyright violations, and they've been awesome. I mean, I don't think there's any band that said no. Um, you know, I'm going on my sixth or seventh month, something like that. Um, I think streaming is um, probably <laughs> one of the best and worst things to ever happen to music. Yeah. It's the best because I re- oh gosh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I hope you don't hear that. Um, you can actually really discover, and and. You know, and it's different than going to the record store. Um, but at the same time, I talk to bands all the time. And they're like, listen, without Spotify, you know, we wouldn't be having a number one record in Italy. Without Spotify, you know, I wouldn't have had a Patreon. I wouldn't have people driving over to my Patreon without Spotify. So I understand its value. But I believe the streaming services are primarily tech services who uh, make money off a product. And Hmm. a product is basically the free music from the creators who upload it themselves and give it to them to play. Because, you know, it's .00043. So, you know, (laughs) the average band with, you know, a couple, you know, like less than a million streams, it's about $4,000 a year on your revenue stream. So, you know, if you're a new and upstarting band, you know, probably you don't want to sneeze at that. $4,000 is $4,000, right? That's a that's a merch pack right there. You can get some T-shirts and what have you, sell them online. So I understand it. You know, I think young bands today have to really have their focus on multiple revenue streams. Mm-hmm. Because streaming is not, unless you're mm, Beyonce, you're not going to see a lot of money from streaming um, the person who's going to see a lot of money from the stream here are the stockholders, the shareholders, and the owners, and the presidents of the company, like Daniel Ek, who is a tech billionaire from Sweden. And as far as I could tell during the pandemic, didn't put a dime into helping live music or venues or musicians or anything else. Well, wasn't he correct- part of that venture capitalist group that um, basically tried to buy up 51% of all the clubs that were struggling <laughs> like as but 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 yeah. posed it as like a we're there to help these but but any yeah. any venue that wanted the money had to give over 51% ownership of the yeah. venue and which yeah. would basically so, just turn it into a live nation kind of thing um I, exactly uh, but before so, you before you take it too much further, um, yeah, be- because you're touching on well, hey, look, it, it's just the way it's going to go, right? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 streaming as just a, a a service to me, that's kind of like the new format. That's the new CD, and and mm-hmm. the fact that things didn't follow the way it did just kind of show you 
the mindset of the people that are that are running all this stuff and kind of honestly you could take this out of music and spread it anywhere it's just how shitty everything is nowadays but and that guy like the the Spotify that that Mr. Eck or Ick or whatever his name is he uh-huh. he is he kind of to me he exemplifies what we need to get rid of the fact is the money's there it's not getting mm-hmm. to the artists and I'm exactly. not I'm not saying the people who who put Spotify together or any streaming service don't deserve um, you know, a, a big pile of money either, or the record companies who invest in the bands, if they, if they do anyway, don't deserve to recoup some of that as well. That's all, to me, part of the, the service. But now we're seeing it where you don't even match like what radio pays. You know what I mean? It it, it it's just. Why don't we just fix it? Why don't we just say Spotify? You, you you're too big. We we used to have antitrust monopoly laws and this thing. Now Spotify is getting in bed with labels. They're basically partners in the in this whole thing at this point. Oh yeah, labels and, own yeah they own percentages. They may be small, but they own ten twenty percent here and there. You know. But they UMG become partners and, and buddies. Yeah, and, exactly. And then so there's really no incentive for the five nope. people raking in this money to share some of that with the creators that they keep milking over. And the problem no. is creative people, they're never really going to stop creating it. It's just something you got to get out. And mm-hmm. so you really got the the perfect uh, setup there. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I don't know. To me, yeah. that's the problem. And as someone that, you know, look. Sometimes people take this really hard, but that's why I don't stream. I don't pay for any of the services. I I, I really just, there's ways to check out bands' music online and stream it without going to Spotify or Tidal. Yes. Or or, or you you can do it. And then for me, it is really is all about like, am I going to buy this record or not? That kind of thing. Oh, I'm with you 100%. So uh, the thing that, I mean, I'm on record of being vehemently opposed to streaming and Spotify. Sometimes I end up retweeting a Spotify playlist because it has an incredible amount of new bands that I think deserve exposure. Well, and the bands have to play along, honestly. I I can't blame them. And sometimes if you can help them out a little bit, I get it. Right. So I feel a little bit, you know, I don't want to be disingenuous, but I mean, you know, like I said, I understand the band's need. You know, I don't understand their greed, right? That's the the owner's greed is is the thing that bothers me the most. And the fact that they're not really music people, you know, (laughs) that that irritates the fuck out of me because I'm like, you don't you don't seem to care. It's like being really impressed. Like you had a really good meal and thanking the table. It's like, man. Great job, buddy. <laughs> that was delicious. Where'd that fork go? Give that fork a round of applause. It's like, yeah, good yeah, job, that's pretty, corporate suit. Uh, that's pretty much it, you know.
I always recommend, and I recommend on my show, that, you know, my first choice of supporting local new bands, so I say local because, you know, there's a lot of local bands, and you can't find them online, go to their website. Just, you know, go to the website, go to a show if you can, um, and hit that merch table. You know, that's their, that's paying their gas. That's paying the insurance on their van. Yeah. You know, that's buying them T-shirts to print their, their logo on and sell. So um, that's, to me, you know, one of the most important things that fans can do uh, to support bands. You know, I keep, I have a Spotify, I don't pay. I, I don't pay for any of the streaming services. I use Bandcamp a lot. Hmm. That's a good and service. I like, yeah. As yeah, far I as like payment Bandcamp. to the artist, I know that, that that's a good setup there. Yeah, it's good. I, I think it's fair. Uh, and, and which, <laughs> you know, proves that you actually can support music in a fair and equitable way on online. I would love it if Bandcamp also streamed, you know, and and had or had their own radio station and had all their all the great music that's on Bandcamp. Just they could have a couple of different stations, you know. I'd always be over in the Stone or Doom station because Bandcamp does that <laughs> so good. I'm like, damn, I don't even know I like this music. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to get uh, to beat the the drum on streaming too much just because yeah, we've covered so it a lot good. on our yeah. show. Yeah. And I, I guarantee I, there's a couple of listeners I'm going to hear from personally with some kind of groan about, oh, old man, get off my lawn. But And yeah, that's, yeah. that's all fair game, though. Bring it on me, boys. Uh, yeah. But uh, there's another thing kind of happening right now I was curious to get your thoughts on. And that's a lot of these legacy acts are selling their catalogs for exorbitant mm-hmm. amounts of money. And mm-hmm. one of them is the, one of the companies is Hypnosis, which is mm-hmm. um, ran by. Oh, I'm going to butcher his last name. So I'll just his first name is Merck. Merck Greek mm-hmm. name or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think Niall Rogers is his partner and they are overpaying for these things. And it, when you really kind of peel the layers of this onion, it is not it's not good. It, it, nope. Look, if I was Stevie Nicks and I'm that age, I'm like, why the hell not? I am now I have a hundred million dollars, <laughs> and I didn't yesterday. You know what I mean? I get the incentive for them, but as a fan, I'm worried that I, I, I don't know, that I'm just going to get a, a bunch more Bohemian Rhapsodies and Rocket Man type movies coming, and and, he, oh, and, and hear more Motley Crue in 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 fucking sync ad. Turn your dish dodgers into helping hands your toothpaste tyrant into a responsible rinser or your cat into a cat that likes water see what change can do see what delta can do here's what i'm waiting for i'm waiting for um you know turtle wax to use outshine on a commercial oh boy I'll be so fucking pissed. I'll be throwing shit at. The what has, has Soundgarden dumped their catalog yet? Oh, not Soundgarden. Okay. No. Yeah, well, you know, you, I would. No, they wouldn't sell his catalog. No, somebody else sold over three hundred of the songs to Hypnosis. Well, in our last episode, we got into the whole Nirvana baby suing the the band um, oh, Jesus. over <laughs> child pornography, and uh, <laughs> there was uh, I, there's a little clip of a news story in the episode where I, the guy was reading some comments on Twitter, and someone brought up a brilliant point that Kurt Cobain probably probably would 
kind of, you know, be satisfied with the irony of the baby in the pool chasing the dollar, suing him for. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, it just, it's, it's too surreal. It just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a really great point. I didn't think of it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 the kudos to the person who did. Oh I didn't get God. the quote on it. But. That is so, that's rich. Yeah, I know. Wherever he is, he's having a good chuckle on that, I'll tell you. I mean, that's, I I can't believe how absurd this world is, you know. <laughs> but to go back to hypnosis, yeah, there we go. buying up everybody's legacy cast. Well, they're paying they're they're selling that shit. Man, that's a commodity. I read this huge long article on why they're doing it and they wanna, you know, protect the legacy of the blah blah blah. Bullshit. <laughs> it's a guy who can't fucking write a song who wants to be paid like a songwriter. I don't know. It's all it's really just about money, as uh, as my co host yeah. likes to talk about. It's yeah. it's a profit Absolutely. deal. It's a profit deal. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, well, because, you know, traders are thinking that, wow, you know, legacy copyrights are the next big thing, you know, and that's why it's hot right now. And that's why everybody is jumping on the bandwagon to sell their catalogs, you know, and I mean. Well, they're it's getting old and they're seeing the, the, the old way right. pretty much go. And they're like, they might, and there might be some legitimacy to that too. It's like at a certain yeah. point, their their catalog won't be worth what they could get for it right now. Exactly. And one of the things that they say is that they're just not making the money that they should be on their streaming. You know, mm-hmm. that they have millions and millions and millions of streams, you know, and they get a check for, you know, $9.37, you know, something like that. <laughs> it's like, great, right. awesome. They're just like, we can't live on it, you know, um, and that's that seemed to be a recurring theme. Well, you know, they're not out touring, basically, if you're over a certain age. I mean, I just saw Guns N' Roses, by the way, in Vegas last Friday. And, um, you know, I had to stop and think because I met them a long, long time ago and they were just there. Nobody sitting around in my rehearsal studio doing nothing except drinking beer and eating my pizza. And, uh, mm, I, kind of pizza? you know, so I, <laughs> pepperoni. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it was nothing weird. This is the kind of details people come to this show for. <laughs> pepperoni. And Heineken beer. Oh, okay. Heineken was oh that was back when beer. Heineken was good, man. Uh, exactly. You know, Heineken beer and pepperoni pizza. Damn. That yeah. was a, <laughs> I, I was guarantee I drank right a there. lot of Heineken <laughs> with pepperoni pizza in my younger days. Oh, yeah. So we used mm. to practice. We rehearsed at a place called the Mortuary, which was an actual old mortuary. Mm. And it was on the border between San Marino and San, San Gabriel, California. And it was a big old rehearsal studio and lots of bands used it. And so Axel and Slash were in a, I don't, they weren't even going to have a band. They just sat around and ripped Zeppelin and Aerosmith all the time. They're like, get us a gig. I'm like, what? <laughs> 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 and I don't think so. <laughs> so you know so and i had seen him several times after that you know i'd seen him come up through the clubs and stuff in la and i saw him at the forum and i think i saw him at um when they played with metallica so i've seen him over the years but to see him and i realized it's been 40 years 40 fucking years oh, wow. you know axel i oh, mean damn. you know he he did great i thought he was fucking awesome 
they the mix he was a little bit back in the mix for the first half but after his vocals warmed up the second half he fucking rocked it he had some really high notes and what they do is they have a keyboard player with them and she's awesome and she does backing vocals so it really you know it sounds great it really does and slash is still a god you know that's all there's to it he was just mind-blowing so right on I, but you know you think of somebody like that another five or six years you know really you want to go out and do another worldwide tour that's exhausting yeah it's hard hard hard. is work. it though for them yeah i mean mm-hmm. do they do they even open doors for the six months that they, like everywhere they go they, they here let me open the door for you sir and yeah, yeah, it's still exhausting. That, you still got it. Kind of sounds like a baseball player who's like, "Well, I can't play tomorrow because I played tonight, and tomorrow is a day game." <laughs> and when you when you play when you stand at first base for three hours at night, it's exhausting. hard to do it the next day at noon. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, look. Yeah. it's it's hard work if you have to shove that you know four by twelve cabinet into your own trunk. But I think it's mm. I I would I bet you I would be able be able to physically put up with touring into my 60s 70s yeah but maybe maybe i i don't know stones are doing okay uh i don't know i don't know but you look at some bands and i think some bands are going to do better than others Mm -hmm. aging you know and they're going to be able to do it that's a different story (laughs) i I look at some bands and i'm like i can see why after a point they'd be like you know let me just sell the catalog you know, let's just sell the catalog, okay? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I so, mean. <laughs> so tying it all into that, yeah, I definitely get it from that end. It's difficult, you know, I, it, you know I'm, I'm not sure what it would cost for it to take me to sell out, but probably not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think Elton John sold his, right? So yeah. that indicates to me that, like, he's probably winding down the tours, right? Because I would imagine that he makes the bulk of his profit these days on worldwide tours or he has over the past five or six years. So, you know, if you have a top grossing worldwide tour now the touring, I guess is hopefully going to like smooth out and come back. I mean, you know, he was making millions, millions of dollars doing that. And I'm sure the same as with queen, you know, and all, and all these, you know, yeah, I mean, they, they uh, like, stood in front of cameras and didn't have a hard time saying how great that horrible movie was. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, they're just watching the dollar signs rack up. and Yeah, exactly. And so selling your legacy catalog is, I think, another component, another revenue stream. And since it's now been commoditized by Wall Street, it's easier to do it. You yeah, know? and the, the, the I think the pitch that hypnosis makes is that like, you know, a typical publishing agency just collects revenue. They play no active role in 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 getting your music used in movies, television, and commercial, which is where there actually is a ton of revenue if you can get locked into it. I'm right. more okay with that when it's like um, you happen to stumble into writing the theme song to the Friends, and now you never have to work again. Right. To me, that is that—that's the dream, right? But right. you don't make music better by suddenly like I'm going to take your catalog and I'm going to find people to shove it into commercials and movies and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Everything we need and more And saving is the 
I like when I hear a song I know and it's used in a movie and it hits with me, it's because in my head the director thought that's the fucking song I want right here, not because of some backdoor deal to take care of something uh-huh. else and you know, and that's kinda uh-huh. how the, to me the, the the ramifications are are hard to see and hard to quantify, so that's why people don't care. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, and I mean uh, an artist I think would be um negligent to ignore sync, you know, sync is television and film. Yeah. Uh, beca- because again, I always, you know, I'm kind of a career coach on the side. I, I work with bands kind of behind the scene to help them make better decisions. You know, you have to look at all your revenue stream, you know, holding on to your copyright, not trading them away for a deal when you're young, um, I think is important or to at least hold on to the majority, you know, 5149. Or if you got nothing, at least hang on to, you know, 30%. Don't go below 30 and and hang on to that. If you accidentally do write the theme song to Friends in a few years and you've given away all your rights for a $100,000 advance so you can buy a van, a van and fucking tour, you know, it's a little short-sighted. So that, That's a great point because how you set that up really matters. My understanding, I use that reference, is that those guys had kind of a, a continuing, you know, deal. it wasn't a flat fee. You know, you want to get a residual on the, on the back end. That was the word I was right? looking for. Yeah, you, you really do. And a royalty. Um, there's so many different things with royalties right now. That's the next, you know, big topic that I've been really digging into. Um, be, because, you know... I think there's actually more ways to make money now as a, as a band or as a new band coming out than there was before. Do you, you think know? that's good, though? To me, that, that makes it harder. It's like, well, I, <laughs> I got to work so much fucking harder to make the same amount of money because I got to pay attention to all these fucking things. And then you, all you the W-2s to... at the end of the year. Come on, Christy. That's just... <laughs> you got to be a businessman. So, you know, one of the things that I always recommend for bands is to set up an LLC right away <laughs> because then you're a business, right? And through an LLC, uh, so many other things can happen. Right. You should do like a super I mean, group or, 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 or a reality show where you build a band, but you you <laughs> you only uh, uh, build it around with people with with business degrees. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, it's it, it's helpful. You Can you write a song? Somebody. Who cares? He's got a bachelor's in <laughs> economics. That's he's our right. drummer. He's in tech fi or he's in fi tech. You know. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I want my rock and rollers to be drunk and you know a little <laughs> loose with the, the the language, Christy. I don't want them to to know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's not the world we live in. Yeah, I know you. It's like you can do that, but you're probably going to drive. You know, you're going to be living on the corner of you know Hollywood and buying yeah. and begging for money. Now you have to be savvy, you know. What I've come across on the bands that I've been working with, uh, the younger bands, they are, first of all, they're like really polite and nice and have great manners. I haven't had a bad experience with any of the people I've dealt with at all um, over the last three or four years. And that's hundreds and hundreds of bands. Um, They're fucking nice. 
You know, and I compare him to the assholes. So I was slashing Axel laying around. Can we have some pizza? Fuck. You know, what I mean, I tend to agree. I mean, my, my experience, like, you know, um, oh, well, bad flower comes to mind. Just really laid back, kind of chill dudes that were easy to talk to. And it, 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 like I said, it kind of made me uncomfortable because of how much younger they are than I am. But, like, know. you know, it, <laughs> they actually work hard at what they do. They're very talented. Oh, yeah. A lot of these bands, they're out there really busting their ass off. Um, the ones that, that kind of can stick through it, but financially it's very difficult right now if you're just trying to so get something difficult. started. Well, yeah, I love Bad Flower, and I follow them, and they moved to the middle of nowhere and built a studio, and they, they're responsive. They Oh, well, first of all, OK, I'm Sick was, like, one of my favorite albums. Was that 2019? I loved yeah, I it. So. Um, they're great. They're really responsive. And the other thing I was going to say about the young bands today, they they get it, right? So they are responsive, and they do pick one or two people in the band that, like, kind of do the social media, and then somebody else does the uh, website, you know. You've got you kind of have to do that, or otherwise, you just you're not going to be able to function. No, honestly, I mean I kid a lot, but yeah, you're 100 percent spot on and all that stuff. But yeah, it's not. Is it? It's fun. No, <laughs> it's not going <laughs> to. No. The, the biographies are not going to be as good in 20 years. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, after I got back from the uh, gig, we had to uh, go online and uh, <laughs> ship all of our posters out. I mean, seriously, that's what these guys are doing. I've been I've been texting with people who are in vans, filling merch orders. I mean, that's what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, or um, responding to emails from, or doing something for Patreon, or I mean, they fucking work all the time. Man, it's hard work. I want to tell you, young bands, I have fucking admire what you're doing because first of all equipment is expensive i know personally <laughs> i have three amps downstairs yeah <laughs> two guitars i have 16 guitars in this house where i live okay um <laughs> it, everything is expensive amps are expensive computers are expensive recording is expensive touring is expensive getting the right van is expensive fucking insurance gotta have insurance like an adult I mean, there's just so many fighting rehearsal space. So we're trying to encourage young people to get into this. uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. I'm sorry. Fuck it. (laughs) It's just money, kids. You can't take it with you. (laughs) But look at that sweet Marshall. It's true, man. But, you know, that's why I'm saying (laughs) that, that all the kids that fucking do this shit, I have nothing but respect for them because they they are the ones who are like, Fuck it. I'm doing it. I love music. I'm going to make rock and roll. I don't care what I got to do. I'll jump through all these hoops. You know, I'll be on every social media. I'll play. I'll be on Patreon. I'll do this. I'll do everything. You know, and Batflower was one of them. They they're, they did it. They're doing it, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, so it can be done. And I think they're playing some great shows this year. I think they're breaking through the radio. Um, I'm really happy for them, to be honest. And I think they're a great role model. Yeah, you do, you're still talking Bad Flower, right? Yeah, Bad and Flower. John, John Varvatos, that's, uh, he's the money behind them? Yeah. No, I, just, I, 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 I thought that was interesting. I didn't know how much that guy, I knew him as a name as a designer, but you know, like I didn't know he bought CBGBs and then like turned it into a Varvatos store, but left everything on the walls that was there or something. I don't know. <laughs> so I, That's the, crazy. Yeah, if you're going to be that way about it, I'm down with it. But um, Yeah. Well, you know, to what you're saying, on the opposite spectrum, uh, one of one of the, the 
regular guest on our show, Ron Keel. Uh, one of the most impressive things I, I, I find about him is, is how he still f- finds the energy to do the hustle you're talking about in this modern day. But, you, you know, he works his Patreon like crazy. He's, yep. he's excellent on social media. He interacts yep. with people nonstop. And he's not cashing these giant, you know, checks either. He's probably no. getting a, a similar payday to those guys. And the fact that you, you still find the energy and desire and the burn to do it, you know, that that's encouraging, too. It almost, you know, makes me wonder what the hell I did wrong. You know, They're like, why am I so willing to just go? I don't feel like it today. <laughs> Fuck know? it. But uh, well, nah, let's uh, let's kind of uh, uh, end on kind of a higher note. Let's talk about yeah. some of the uh, the upcoming uh, newer bands that I, I know you yeah. promote a ton of them. Let, let's uh, let me yeah. ask you about uh, if you just saw Guns N' Roses was Mammoth opening. Loved them. I I'm such a big fan of Wolfie. Did 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 he yell at people while. in the crowd for being fifty? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was all right. Nah. <laughs> he's cute. He's tall though. He's I love him. I he is sarcastic, and I love sarcastic people. And he's super fucking intelligent. And he wrote a brilliant album. You know, he went in. I mean, obviously, he's got some advantages over some of the bands I was talking. But even he admits know, that, though. Look, like, yeah, he gets it. But he can play the drums. Wow. But what I was really surprised about live was the energy level was really great. You know, people were kind of filtering in and not really in. He was like, "Who's this?" Right? It's Guns N' Roses crowd. They don't really care. Uh, he can really sing. Mm-hmm. Which is that was to me was the most remarkable thing because his dad notoriously can't. Right. Yeah, he has. He he really has a a, a high end, top notch voice. Now maybe maybe Eddie never tried and he smoked so much that it, you know. But uh, (laughs) his dad was a horrible singer. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Great singer. I, I like I, I like the record that that Mammoth uh, that he put out there, the Mammoth album he did. But it, to me, it does sound a bit disjointed. There's it, it doesn't sound cohesive. Like they, these are very polished and well written songs, but they don't sound like they belong in the same band or same album. There's a couple really amazing tracks that I dig, and like I said, I can listen to it, but I, I just don't feel like I'm listening to an album when I listen to it. Right. It does and almost I, come off more like a playlist. It, well, it has a really I don't know if it was maybe he wanted to say, hey, I can, you know, I have a lot of different musical influences. Mm-hmm. Got some grunge on there. Uh, there's that one song. It sounds like pop radio. It'd be played on pop rocks over on uh, Sirius, you know. Uh, he's got pop. He's got rock. I, my partner who was with me, and he was like, he didn't really dig them that much. He goes, you know, they're talented and they're good, but the songs all kind of sound the same. You know, they're all kind of, I didn't hear anything that like really turned my head. You know, is what he said. Okay. So I, I, but I, I thought they kicked ass. I thought they did a great job. Yeah, I, I do I hope think, he comes around here without Guns and Roses. I'd like to see him in a setting more like that. Um, right. Uh, I was just gonna say, I think he needs to be like at the Viper Room, or he's playing the whiskey. He's playing the whiskey with Plush. Perfect show. Right. Mm-hmm. That to me is exactly where he should be. And, I mean, it's great that GNR took him out. I think that's fucking awesome. But you know, I think to build his career. I think it's the Viper Room kind of venues all over the United States with a band like Plush or a local band like that, you know, and build his audience and build his chops, build his performance chops, right? Put out the second album, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that is, I'm waiting for that. I think it'll be great. I'll tell you who I love, though, yeah. right now. There's like a couple bands. I'm fucking in love with a band called The Age of Truth. 
and um, they are out of Philly, a four-piece band, and the name of the album is Resolute, and they actually have an album from 2017 with their first album, so it's their second album. It's called, Threshold is their first album, and um, absolutely, totally my jam, kind of a hard rock with a little blues, a little psych, a little... The guys, Kevin McNamara, the vocalist, is incredible. Um, just absolutely blowing my mind. Um, love that. Love a band out of um, blah, 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 England called Etherfield. They're a trio. Uh, so it's two brothers. Say that again. Bass. What's it called? Etherfield? They're called Etherfield. E-T-H-R-Y-F-I-E-L-D. Etherfield. And the name of their debut album is called In Delirium. They are... Um, they just turned 20 and 21 <laughs> as a trio, two brothers and a drummer. Uh, and they're from some small little town in England. I correspond with their pop. And they're incredible musicians. And they're a little proggy. They're a little rocky. But their song composition, their songwriting is next level. I, I'm like, these guys are old souls because there's no way that a 19 year old would be in touch with this. <laughs> yeah. But they are. Yeah. Really good. Um, and I'm loving, um, I think one of my other top bands is called Crown Lands, and they're from Toronto. And it's a duo. So it's a drummer and he's a singer. And they're also very young, they're in their 20s. Uh, that's um, Cody Bowles on vocals and Kevin um, Carmo on drums, no, on bass, guitar, and keys. So it's a, they're really, when you listen to them, you're like, it doesn't sound like a duo. They've got like this pedal bass thing going, mm -hmm. and I, they're really cool. They're really great. Uh, they do a lot about indigenous rights up in Canada. They did a whole suite, a trilogy over the summer and released some EPs ending up with White Buffalo, which uh, really very mature. Again, they're like in their early 20s. So that I'm really encouraged by young bands like leaning into Prague, leaning into classic rock, you know, the whole new wave of classic rock coming out of England, all those young kids just leaning into it. I love a band called These Wicked Rivers out of England. Fucking great. Really good band. You like Pearl Jam, so I think you'll really like these guys. Right on. Yeah. So it has that kind awesome. of vibe you're saying? Yeah, totally. Totally. And a, and a band called Dead Blonde Stars out of England. Man, I got a lot you, of I know, you, homework this you week. Like, you like Chris Cornell, so, and, and Soundgarden. They're not Chris Cornell. They're not Soundgarden. But you, you listen to them and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you feel at home. I'm That's not one of those real. people that loses their shit over a like when we compare somebody to an all-time great. It's like I kind of get what people do, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I get it. No, I'm I'm going to be checking all the keep Oh, you got more? Keep them coming. Let's go. I got more. So, uh you can go and check out a show, maybe not you, maybe maybe some of our, your listeners. Um Joyce You Wolf. think I'm locked in the basement? I'm allowed to leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Viper Room, Monday, oh. 7:13. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's a little I I, can, yeah. I, I need a little Monday. more time to 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 make it the trip to the Viper Room, but uh. So, this is really cool because I tag Kayla West not very often. They're the big station out here, 955. And I tag them on bands I think are the next Dirty Honey, which is an unsigned band. Right. Mm -hmm. And KLOS basically embraced them and broke them. Uh, they did a show with them at the Viper. And after that, you know, they went 
Dirty yeah, a lot of people are. Uh, they're, they're the darling right now. They're right. on tour they're, with uh, Black Crows. Oh, yeah. I saw them. They were my last uh, show before lockdown. Hmm. I saw them February 27, 2020. And they played with a band called the Amazons out of um, the UK at House of Blues Anaheim. Amazing show. Hmm. They're really... Mark Bell's a real, Mark LaBelle is the real deal, right? So there's two contemporary bands of that. Uh, one is Joyous Wolf. They're actually signed. And they're of great. Limbo, I think. Yeah, I love Joyce Wolf and I love Of Limbo. Of Limbo is from Long Beach and Joyce Wolf is in Orange County, where I'm from. And I think the third band to, re- to round that out is South of Eden, and they're out of Ohio. Okay. I, I've now, I, now we're talking about a band I've heard of but haven't heard. Most of these South I hadn't Eden. heard of, so I'm going to be doing some, uh, you know, i got a long weekend ahead of me. I'll, uh, I'll fill up, uh, I'll fill up uh, the, the MP3 player and see Very what I can cool. do. But. There's a couple of bands that have women vocalists I want to mention. Um, the Metal Birds. They're out of... Oh, here we go. Texas? Just kidding. And the Dead Dead. I'm sorry. I was making a joke on top of you. I, wanna, <laughs> I actually want to be a little more respectful from that. So, yeah, so a couple of, uh, yeah, a couple of bands with female singers. What do we got here? <laughs> the, the, yeah, I know. It's I don't, yeah, I'm in a council that will readily admit and wrap me out that I'm not the biggest rock woman vocalist fan. I'm not. I really would prefer to have a man sing in my ear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but it depends I, uh, what we call rock. Like hard rock, it's a little difficult. I mean, there's, there's some that I like. I've always enjoyed Doro. Um, I'm going mm-hmm. old school, though, typically. But I yeah. do think, oh, um, uh, I, I really enjoy um, Taylor Momsen from uh, The Pretty oh. Reckless. I, But I, <laughs> that kind of voice just, you know, we need uh, too many of the female voices sound like they're on American Idol right now. Uh, and and, yeah. and I, I like the more kind of unique singers. And to be fair, it's, it's kind of unfair. And I, and I don't even know if you could fix it because, but like men, you don't have to be like a really good singer to to be to I don't know make a living look at Lemmy look at Ozzy uh you know David Agreed. Lee Roth is is not necessarily the, the greatest rangy but he brings something to the table I don't it's just difficult for a woman who can't like totally. hit at least three or four octaves you know no I agree um but anyway so back to the bands uh you I, so I, I, I cut you off I will tell you the metal birds BYRDS the metal birds they're out of uh Texas uh oh, did I lose you? Oh, did I lose you? Yeah, one of us got disconnected. I just I don't know. I'm if, sorry. I uh, you had just gotten done talking. You just started talking about the metal birds. So go ahead and reset there. Yeah, the, the metal birds out of Texas. That's Sly Rye on guitar and uh, uh, Suzanne Birdie on vocals. She's got a really strong, powerful voice, and I like the Dead Deads. At, that's a yes. three piece. You like them. Yeah. I like the Dead well, I'm not a huge yeah. fan, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, they're they're quirky and fun. I like quirky. I like. I also like women with interesting voices. I like PJ Harvey and okay, uh, the girl from Bjorka, 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 Bjork, the girl, Bjork. God, I can never say her name. Uh, I like her. She's kind of interesting. Yeah, she's a character. <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, there's another great band out of. Texas called Kingdom Collapse and they're breaking through on serious octane right now. There's a band I love out of Canada called High Front and they're total heavy stoner doom rock and they're a band I interact with a lot. Talk about a band 
that really delivers for their fans. They put out a new song like every two, three weeks. They don't put out albums, hmm. and that's a whole other conversation. But they're putting out singles. They put out singles, and they put out all in a new. So, I mean, they're great. They're, they're really attentive, and, uh, you know, I hope they tour. That would be great. And along that, those lines, there's a band called Voltage Hawk. Voltage Hawks, I really like. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I could give you a list of 500 bands. I mean, seriously, is that many? It's it's easier to just to follow you on Twitter, to be honest with you. <laughs> true. <laughs> true, true. I do tweet a lot. I, you know, the thing about it is, is I don't even listen to all the music that's out there. I don't have the time. Well, no one does. You know, nobody does. I mean, there's 60,000 songs released a day. I'm like, it would take you five years to listen to the songs that were released in the last 24 hours. Hmm. Yeah, I think five years. <laughs> that's a long time, to, and that's nonstop. So I think following people on Twitter who you can find that kind of have your vibe, that like what you like. I mean, I do like some like straight ahead rock, like you know, just I I call it not hair band, but like not I don't know, it's not blues based rock, but it's fucking rock. You know, I like a band called Wild Street out of New York. Um, there's tons. I can name like twenty. But um, there's so much out there. You're only like four short of 20, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is one of the reasons okay. I brought you on. Yeah, don't, uh, don't, right. don't apologize. I'm going to say Cry for Mercy out of England, kind of blues-based rock. Okay. And a, bla a band out of New Zealand called uh, Black Smoke Trigger. <laughs> That's a cool name. Black Smoke Trigger, yeah. And a guy I just found and discovered um, a couple days ago, his name is Taylor McCluskey, M-C-C-Lusky, C-L-U. <laughs> Rhymes with an Oski. <laughs> Sorry, Taylor. <laughs> He's got a great new song out called Gladiator. Oh, I really like it. Um, I... So this whole notebook that I am holding in my hand is yeah. just filled, filled with new great bands. And I assume people can hear this on your radio show. Yes, you can. I, they absolutely can. I have a new, I, what I do is I record every two weeks. So I have a new show every other Wednesday and a replay. Okay. So I have a new show coming out. Um, oh my God. I didn't fucking mention Blacktop Mojo. 
Oh, oh you know, my God. I, I, <gasps> Hold on. I'm in love with them. So everybody knows me and everybody that knows Blacktown Mojo knows I'm fucking in love with this band. They're incredible. I love them. They are. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're fantastic. Um, oh. I have had three opportunities to see them probably in a five minute drive from my house. And for whatever reason, every time something kept it from happening, it's just, it's unreal. Um, and now this is all pre COVID. So I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I get, um, whatever, you know, through decibel geek and stuff, I, I get the opportunity to, to go check out bands with a press pass and things of that nature. And I just, I don't know. So I get out quite a bit for this stuff when it was really cooking, but I just couldn't line up. And that was one band that I really hope comes back soon. So, uh, I just haven't been able to get it. They, they're amazing. I'm actually, I bought a ticket to a cruise called Shiprocked, which is going out of Galveston down to Mexico. Yeah, I've heard of it. I'm going on Shiprock, and the number one reason is because Black Tom Mojo's on it, and number two, Aaron Jones is on it, and then I also kind of like I Prevail and I'm a God, so I like some of that too, so I'll, I'll go check that out. But the number one reason is I saw, because I've been try, I tried to go to Texas three times to go see him, but fucking COVID, so I couldn't, you know. Yeah. And I I think Matt James is one of the best American rock singers we have right now, along with J.B. Cannon hmm. from Rival Sons. And I and I I think the right this album, the fourth album, I don't know if you've heard it, it is such an evolution for them, a perfect evolution for them and songwriting and craftsmanship. How new is it? It just came out. It came out August 13th. Okay, I have not heard it. So that's uh, definitely that's moving up this list you just gave me. So. Oh, yeah, it's it's their self, it's self-titled. It's their fourth album. I love all their albums. I mean, but if you go back and you listen to their early stuff and then you compare it to this, it's just, you know, and you know music and you're a musician, so you will see the logical progression mm-hmm. of... That's fun for me, though. I like listening to that. You know what I mean? It's kind of oh, lost. Too. There's so many bands come out, you know, uh, with an album that sounds like Mammoth. You know, it's just this is a perfect-sounding, <sighs> perfectly recorded record, man. You right. know? performed right. like by a top flight you know musician yeah he 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 whittled at his craft you know in van halen the little prick <laughs> i know yeah i know no i, I mean, he's great i i'm just I, oh, yeah. I, he needs to he needs to <laughs> leave the trolls on the internet alone in my opinion I, but but he can do what he wants fuck it Ed. you know how old is he i'm, I'm 30 to figure out he's 30 right mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of the age of men I date, 30. So I, I love 30-year-old men. I'll just admit that. Oh, I know my friend. I got a group who's already, you know. Anyway, I understand that mindset, you know. Yeah. And he does want to do the best that he can, you know. And I'm I'm impressed. I just I have to say I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting general, for him, but, uh, you know. Well, well, you know, like I said, he's going to get some – he's going to get some – experience under his belt some life experiences. yeah exactly yeah, let him get you know? out and breathe a little bit here right, you know um, right. it does have to be weird to um because he doesn't know it first of all i probably knew his name before he did you know yeah. and, because of his father and, and it, it, he as much as he understands the influence his dad had it was still his dad you know and and it just i couldn't imagine my dad being that you know because i you know so I, yeah. I get it. It's it's not an easy transition. I think he's yeah. handling it mo- for the most part pretty yeah. good. I kind of think that sometimes you know he's just having fun with taking on the trolls. Well, if that's if that's fun for him, then yeah, who cares? Yeah, have, go who at cares? it, buddy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So anyway, 
I have to admit, I'm not famous and I do that sometimes. (laughs) I do not engage with trolls. You may have noticed (laughs) that. And I have some trolls out there. And I just, I decided a while ago that I don't want to spend my energy on that. Never to walk in anybody's shadow if you fail, if you succeed. Never, (laughs) never walk in anybody's shadow. (laughs) That's exactly right. Uh. So... Well, let me anyway. ask you this. Another more kind of positive thing here. What? Give me one or two bands that you are seeing kind of see some kind of success and push that actually could be this next wave of like festival headliners. Who do you think I? Who Who do you think is going to be? Well, I like a band like the Glorious Sons. Um, they've kind of gone a direction musically that isn't my cup of tea, but but seeing them get bigger every every time, it it that kind of makes me feel good. Like there is this possible movement that like this next generation can can bring rock back to where you know it it at least gets two two mentions at the Grammys. <laughs> Let's not talk about the Grammys, but you know I think Blackberry <laughs> Smoke. I think Blackberry Smoke is somebody who could be headlining festival. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. thinking just a little bit younger, though. Like, uh, do, you, do you see? Yeah, they've been around for 10 years. Um, I don't. Well, so, you know, that's tough because one of the things is eking out your space because you have so many legacy artists on grandiose. But they're going to go you know? at a certain point. We're going to have new legacies. Is what <laughs> I, and who is that going to be? I, I, uh, yeah. What about that's Ghost? Do you bit- like Ghost? Not really. Oh, wow. I tried. I know. I know. I, and it's like, I, you know, it's so weird. Music, and I don't think they're bad. It's just some things hit me right and some things don't hit me right. For me, a lot of it is the, the vocals. I'm like, really, you know, I, I have to be attracted to that. It has to, like, hit me right, you know? I mean, I think there's a ton of great bands out there, like Ghosts and other bands that I'm just never going to like. I don't like Machine Gun Kelly. I'm sorry. I just mm. don't. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. He was sorry amazing not, as but... Tommy Lee, but, yeah, I could give you two shits about his music. Yeah, I don't, don't really, don't really like him. Um, don't really. There's a whole. I heard him on Howard Stern fairly recently. It was a replay though, and I was amazed at how boring he was. Like, like, <laughs> really? and, but but not not like like he's just kind of a boring kind of simple guy. It, I've never seen heard someone try so hard to be interesting but just fail. <laughs> Like okay. he's like, oh, dude, I was. It was all like just it, embellished drug stories, and it's just like, uh, and it was. Yeah. I was just wow, I don't know, yeah, just Boring. didn't, didn't exactly. buy it. Exactly. Go get another well, tattoo. I'm, ho- I'm hoping it's Rival Sons, okay. you know, and I'm hoping it's Blacktop Mojo, and I'm hoping it's you know those two. Bands. I'm hoping Joyous Wolf breaks through. Dirty Honey is already there. I hope they get really big. Put out great second album you know uh one is uh, i love their music i think the second album is i mean it's the first album is great it could have been a little bit more diverse for me you know but mm-hmm. I, again they're gonna get there i think they're they've got longevity so i'm hoping that i think there's a band in england they've been around for a while but you know and they do headline over there but they're not known here they're called massive wagons oh they're amazing you know? and, oh they are big those, fans of them and those damn crows you know, I think if they could cross the pond, they'd be fucking huge here, right? Mm-hmm. I like a, a band called Bad Touch out of England. <laughs> you know, of course I do. That's you know? a great name. Uh, they're, 
they're, they're uh, bad touch. Yeah, now, the, the, every member of the band uh, has spent a weekend at Neverland Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, and I like the cold stairs. You know, I, I think the cold stairs hopefully can. I don't. I would love to see them break through, and maybe not a headliner, but maybe they open for Rival Sons. Maybe it's a, hmm. you know, maybe it's a of Limbo, Joyous Wolf, Dirty Honey. Um, the band I just said, <laughs> and then the Rival Sons. <laughs> <laughs> Blacktop Mojo? Blacktop Mojo. <laughs> so, <laughs> something like that. I hope that the rock fans would like hear their music, embrace their music, buy their music, buy the tickets, and, you know, allow them to come out instead of Testament, you know, Clarion, I mean, I'm not, I don't hate those guys. I love Molly Crew and I love all that, but, you know, and I just saw Guns N' Roses, you know, but it, they did the right thing. They took out Mammoth. They took out a new rock band, mm-hmm. right? I'm happy about Kiss that. Kiss is touring with I, the painter. Who are they touring with? A guy who paints a picture while you sit in the audience. He he literally paints a picture of Kiss for 15 minutes. What the fuck? Are, what? That's real? I thought it was a joke. Oh! <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's real. Yeah, it's oh. uh, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, uh, that, that's always been my big bitch about Gene is that, you know, Mr. Rock is dead. I think if you listen to his point, he makes a point. The problem is... It's almost as if he doesn't realize that he's a guy who's in a position to do something about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just like, well, what are you doing? Well, we have this painter as an opening act. Uh, well, wow, that, that's gonna help out, Gene. Yeah, nope, nope, it's all dead, and the fans killed it. It's their fault. Yeah, whatever. Fucking it's idiot. buy a kiss coffin. It's just, uh, fuck those guys. They should have taken somebody <laughs> like Plush out. Really seriously. Yeah, you're, anybody, you're like, somebody, I, <laughs> anybody. I know. Uh, there's a great band coming out of the Pacific Northwest you might like. They're called the MTR Project. Okay. Uh, it's Martin Thomas Reed. He's got a real big voice, and they they it's kind of interesting and different, you know, because and again, those are the kind of bands that legacy bands should be taking out. That's yeah. my point. That's my only point. It's like take somebody new, you know. When I saw Alice in Chains and Corn a couple of years ago. Uh, God, I can't believe it was a couple of years ago. They took, they had three opening bands. They were new bands, and they brought them from like the local area, from Orange County, and they gave them each like a thirty-minute set. Hmm, cool. Fucking cool, right? Hmm? That's how you should do it. It can be done, and it's not that hard. You know, I'm sure they didn't it, have yeah, to pay those just, guys. You're, very you're much, not going to have a hard time saying? finding some of these guys to say yes to a show <laughs> like that. So exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, Christy, we kind of got to wrap it up yep. here. Why don't we? Uh, why don't you tell everybody how to uh, check out your show or anything else you need want to promote here? Oh, thank you so much, Marco. Um, you can catch me every Wednesday on PlutoRadio.com, and my show is Sonic Signals, and it's on at 11 a.m. and it repeats again at 5 and 8 p.m. and that is on the Pacific Daylight Time. Okay. And you can find me on Twitter, and I'm always interested in finding and discovering new bands who would like to, you know, submit their music to me and maybe get it played on my show. Um, I have a very specific kind of music that I play. So if you listen to the show and your music fits, man, hit me up. Right on. 
Um, you know? And we have to have you back on. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we get, oh, get, yeah. We got to get you back when, when uh, we can have Elsie. Or maybe the two of you can do do, do one of these, too. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's okay to cut me out for a while. He's uh, <laughs> He definitely is um, He he is a guy who, who is a huge purveyor of, of new bands, new music. Uh, it yeah. was kind of the, the calling card for how this show started. But once it, we started getting a lot of episodes in, we started realizing we wanted to do, you know, not be just so niche. But... That said, it, it never stops. He's constantly, you know, um, you know, finding new bands for me to check out. I, I do awesome. you know, some of my own research, but he's just way better at it than I am. I That's just, awesome. I, I love you both. I, I listen to you every chance I get. And I thank you so much for having me on the show. It was awesome. Really fun. Loved it. All right. Well, hey, uh, yeah, okay. enjoy enjoy the sunset uh, out yeah, there in California. You. So um, Yeah, it's terrible. Really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Marco, you take care. I'll talk to you later.
New is always better, right? Always.